Hello, everyone. Chad asked me to do the intro again, so you know that I'm here at the beginning. It's our 100th episode, and Chad, we have a special guest, do we not? We sure do. You know him. You love him. He is the host of several podcasts, one including Time Suck, which I love. It's Dan Cummins on the show today. Uh, Check out his podcast, Time Suck. Check out his podcast, Is We Dumb. Check out all the things. He's got a horror podcast with uh, with his wife, Lindsay. Check out all the things he does. And if you are one of his people coming to us and you think this podcast isn't complete dog shit, which uh, we'll see. Chad and I are there. But if you if you are on board with listening to another episode, go back and start early on. Start start near the beginning. It'll be worth it. Hey, everybody. Let's start the show. Hey everybody, this is Chad Daniels, and you have landed in the middle of Time Suck. That's right, bitches. It's our 100th episode, and we finally did it. We have Cyrus Amundsen back, and we have Hello Dan Cummins. Yay! We're doing it. We did it. We're doing it. We did it. It's finally happening. No snowstorms are going to fucking ruin this. No, no tech stuff. We, we're making it happen. Well, I, listen, I'm, I'm so uh, thankful you're here. This is going to be great. I know that... We probably probably should have warned some of our listeners to put a condom on because they probably just ruined their work day. Uh, Do you know how much semen is in Dan Maynard's truck right now? (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad. Yeah, I'm so glad we're finally. Yeah, we get a lot of messages too. Like, when are you guys doing the fucking show together? Because I I mentioned it a long time ago and then got sick. Uh, And then, yeah, then just things got crazy. And then I know Cy was, you know, has been dealing with all kinds of shit. And but, but now we're here. We're here. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess what I, what I'm hearing you say, Dan, is that I'm the only person that didn't fuck you're this. You're the thing. one constant. You're yeah. the one who's been Perfect. ready, willing, fucking professional, and then yeah, then then you got us two dipshits to wrangle in. Yeah, you hear that, messengers? Guess what? <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I, I, I let's get. I mean, I asked you for a list of stories. Well, first, and, first, before yeah. we do that, what we always do is we tell people where we know our guests. And you and I mm. have both known Dan for a long time. You and Dan, time. you and Dan have a, a way different and more interesting backstory. I've known Dan a while. I just wanna I just wanna tell you one small thing and then you guys can talk about your relationship. The Perfect. first time I saw Dan, he was headlining Acme in what feels like 1987. Yes, I remember. <laughs> the Twins had just truly, won the World Series. Yes, truly. I remember seeing Sign the Green Room, yes. Yep, and Dan, this was back when Dan, you looked like like a fucking, you looked like Kurt Cobain learned to skateboard. Like you had that dope-ass <laughs> long hair. Oh, man, I know. T- you were tall. You're the sort of you had this sort of frame thin. to you that you could have worn like Jinkos and I'd have been like, those fit on him. Those work like you just had <laughs> you had a nice a nice stretch to you. And then we kept in and now touch. a bridge troll that well, that's we kept in touch. And I hadn't seen you for it had to have been 35 years. And then <laughs> I walk into the brouhaha <sighs> to a breakfast restaurant at brouhaha. And I think mm-hmm. I was with Cronin and he goes, oh, Dan Cummins is here. And I was like, no, he's not. And I was looking directly <laughs> at you. And I was like, and, and Cronin goes, it's him. And I go, 
you mean the fucking jacked monster of you looked like you went from skateboarder to being the ideal version of a man that lives in Idaho. Like it is, <laughs> it took me that whole weekend to be okay with how fucking you went from one version of cool looking to a different version of cool. Uh, that's, that's very nice. That, that was the weirdest. When I saw you there for that year, I remember I went to, well, I, I went to Montreal that year too. And I can't, it was so weird how many conversations I had with people. They wouldn't recognize who I was. And it had been people I talked to a lot, like two years earlier. And then halfway in the conversation, they'd have this, oh, wait, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was like I was in a witness protection program or something. I, I had to starve myself, and I got it so into running to get down to like 165 pounds. I'll never, unless I have, unless I get a disease, uh, I will never get that thin again. I don't think it was so hard to get that thin. That was like I was in high school, and then I got there for like six months. That's when I met everybody. And then I went back to how it used to be. Everybody's always pointing out who is copying Chappelle. And I think in the very least, in terms of muscularity, Chappelle has <laughs> copied you because you went from thin to fucking beef first. <laughs> yeah, Chappelle's gotten jacked. He is fucking enormous. He's no Dan, but he's fucking enormous. <laughs> Chad? I am right here. <laughs> I know you're waiting. I was something. trying to. I was trying to. This is the worst. I've had my fucking hand up for a half hour. Here's here's the other thing that's happening, Dan. He uh, knows. Yeah. This was. I got to say my thing, and then I'm going to get out of the way because your thing is huh? going to be longer. But what he knows is there's of our audience. We think 10 to 15 percent of our audience on each side is hanging on because they only like one of us. And he knows the 10 to 15 percent who love him and don't care right? about me hate when I interrupt him or push through something he's trying to say. And he just basically gave them the ammunition to come to my house. <laughs> oh, Ch Chad, before before we move on, the, I want to also say when I met Cy, I remember meeting him in that green room and I remember being angry with him. If we're going to do the, the jerk off thing here, I'm also being serious here. I didn't like Cy when I first saw him because I thought he was too handsome for comedy. I, I had the same feeling like when I met Jeff Dye. I was like, fuck these guys. These fucking pretty boys telling their jokes. Yeah. And then oh, heard, you don't and have to worry him. about that with Cy anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. Anyways. <laughs> it's really gone the other way. Uh, no, no. But uh, yeah, he's, it's, uh, then, I, then I saw him and I was like, okay, okay, he's legit. He's funny. I'm just going to get out of the way here because I can already tell Sai's trying to push his two and a half months gone into one episode. <laughs> so I'm just going to sit here and enjoy this as a fan that gets to see it first. Don't you dare. Uh, Don't you fucking dare. You guys, you guys, I'll do the, I'll do the I, I, Hold on. I actually, I actually, my hand fell asleep. I had been raising it for so long. You fucking cunt. Oh, sorry. Sorry if anyone was offended that went to Acme. I was calling Cy that, not all women. Oh, God. I remember me I remember meeting you for the first time, Chad. It was in New York when we actually saw each other. Yeah. Uh, it was it was for our half hour tapings. And yeah, uh, I, I'm actually going to I'm going to if it's all right with you, I'm going to yeah. post that picture on Instagram this week because oh, God. Um, I think that's back when you were running a ton. It was, uh, it was, it was, it was, it was, cause I remember, I remember I was like, oh wow, man, you looking, <laughs> looking good. And you go, you said something like, uh, yeah, I can run three miles under 20 minutes. That was my goal. <laughs> and then I remember and just was... walking away from you. <laughs> cause I'm like, listen, I don't, 
I don't need this kind of pressure in my life. I can't do any of that shit. Uh, that's the best shape I've ever been in in my adult life. Uh, I'm a long ways from it's that now. It's the same, though. Same with Cy, right? I saw you, and I and I go, hey, where are you from? And you're like, Washington. I was like, no shit. Just long hair, skinny dude. And it's like, you're in nine bands. We get it. Two of them are acoustic. Uh, plus exactly. you DJ. I was a and then, <laughs> but then I saw you again. I saw you at uh, the Aspen Comedy Festival. Oh God! When you had to carry me to my room because I was passed out on the sidewalk. And and I'll tell you this. Yep, you you had too much to drink, <laughs> and your and your shirt was off. Oh God! And and my first thought was I should put his shirt back on, but part of me wanted your bare skin to touch my body because you were so buff. <laughs> I was like, if I put him over my shoulder, his pecs are going to give me a back massage. This is going to be perfect. Oh, my God. I was so drunk that weekend. I, I, I still flash this sometimes. When we played basketball, a bunch of us comics were playing yep. basketball. And I remember Lachlan Patterson was playing basketball. And I remember uh, I was posting up against him. And he actually he goes, he's like, goes, like he sniffed in. And he goes, why do I smell gin? And I'm like, oh, that's me. That's me just, <laughs> that's me sweating it out of every pore of my body. <laughs> Plus I slept in a, in a pine tree last night. So that also. Oh my God. Oh, holy shit. That is absolutely hilarious. I hated Aspen so much, but we don't need to get into that. Um, I just, do you remember the song I sang as I was carrying you back to the hotel? No, I know was, I, I blacked out that. I just know that you carried me. I have no memory. Yeah, it was, of it was about a chubby guy carrying a strong guy. <laughs> And how the tables had turned. Ah, uh, hilarious. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. So, listen, Cy, a long time ago, um, has had told a story about riding um, Greyhound bus. Yes. Cy, do you remember that? Yeah, uh, yeah. It was. Uh, it's uh, the thing that more people have ever seen that I've done in my career and uh, have been the meanest about. I remember it well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I rode a Greyhound bus from... From uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota to Dallas, Texas to meet my new Dang. sisters. And I always thought, like, well, that's that's the worst thing you can do. Uh, but it ain't close, is it, Dan? No. no. How how uh, many hours was that trip? Do you remember? To I get mean, from Minneapolis to Dallas. It's got to be at least 24 hours. Yeah, I can't remember the specifics now because it was literally – had to have been 12, 14 years ago at this point. But Yeah, it, yeah. It, yeah. It was, it was that's a long was, trip. That's a lot of stops. And it was longer than it said on the internet when I bought the ticket by what felt like <laughs> triple. Yeah, it was really, uh, really long. I Greyhound <laughs> Greyhound has a, a monkey that throws darts and they go, Hey, how many hours should we tell him it is? And he just throws darts like, Oh, eighteen? Okay. And it's that four days. <laughs> yeah. I, I did a Greyhound Odyssey for three weeks early on that, that almost yeah. broke me. It was that it was that make or break moment into comedy. I, I'd only been doing it about I don't know, eighteen, twenty months, something like that. And I remember a year in, I just started like aggressively emailing these these club bookers. I was doing all these one nighters and I wanted to like get on a real club stage. And for whatever reason, I was I was hitting up this guy in Albuquerque, Russ Rivas, and this guy Scotty Goff in Tucson. Do <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. you know Russ? I know Russ and I know Scotty. Oh, just God. quickly, the con the condo in Tucson. Yeah. The uh what is it called? The swamp cooler? <laughs> Broke. <laughs> right? Broke? So uh. it broke. So it was 110 degrees. Robert Duchesne and I had to go oh, get, Duchesne. maybe I've told this, but we had to get a styrofoam cooler and we'd flip the the, the top of the cooler over and poke holes in it. And we got a, um, a block of ice with a fan blowing over the oh, ice onto God. us. 
and then we'd refreeze the block and we'd start over again once it melted. It was miserable. Br- yeah, brutal. And that Tucson heat, easy, that's a tough, like over 100. Yeah. That's a tough run. And I have a feeling you're going to tell us a great story about Russ Rivas. Oh, because, yeah. Uh, He's a piece of listen, shit. He's a real piece of shit. <laughs> he loves fly fishing, but then you're like, it might be just to hide the bodies. <laughs> Yeah, he's a psychopath. Oh, I have some great <laughs> stories about Russ coming up. He is legit psychopath. Uh, so so I, it's just crazy looking back that I even wanted to do this run. It was going to be sleeping on a couch in Albuquerque for a week for 200, either 200 or 250 bucks, <laughs> then sleeping on a couch <laughs> in, uh, in uh, Tucson for like 200 or 250 bucks, then going all the way from Tucson to Grand Forks, North Dakota, to work the weekend, uh, I got to feature for the first time for Chris Lindgren for like 400 bucks, then the Greyhound mm-hmm. trip all the way back home. So like my my gross pay for three weeks of work <laughs> was gonna be around $800. <laughs> and it was gonna involve like several days on the bus and nights on what couches. What was your net pay? What was your net <laughs> my pay? Net, negative, whatever it was, it was negative. It was very negative. I re- <laughs> So early on in my career, my net pay was calling my mom and being like, hey, you got 20 bucks. Right. My wife is reading a bunch of books about finances and saving money right now. And one of the main themes is whenever you're calculating how much you made and how much your worth is, you have to focus on how much your time was worth and decide <sighs> literally how to pay yourself in your own time. To, like you, That feels like the sort of trip that could have written the opposite book. Your time is right. ass. Nothing you do right. matters. Right. And all yeah, the crowd absolutely. and all the crowds are gonna hate you. They're all it was so miserable. This this trip was so ridiculous. So I take the bus from Spokane, Washington down to Albuquerque, and that was about twenty-four hours looking back. And so, you know, lots of stops, uh not not you know, you're crammed in the seat. It's not like you can really sleep or yeah. anything. It was it was a nightmare. So I get down there and then to pack for this trip, I have one suitcase, this shitty old suitcase, and I'm trying to pack for Albuquerque and Tucson and also <laughs> for Grand Forks. Where and this was and this was in the uh like early, early spring. And so it's gonna be cold in Grand Forks. And so oh, uh yeah. get down to Tucson. Russ Rivas uh picks me up at the bus stop and is mad about picking me up. He was such a dick. And then and then on the on the drive. <laughs> so on the drive from the bus stop to the condo, I get lectured after getting off a 24 hour bus trip. Uh, and, and the way Russ speaks, it, he had such a weird way of speaking. He would, he was from Chicago, wannabe gangster. Um, and he would say, dude, all the time, like, like this uh, weird mix of like, dude. So this, uh, and he's always talking about, you know, people busting his balls. So it'd be this drive of like, dude, these fucking, you know, fucking MCs think they're fucking features, busting my balls. Fuck, dude, you're gonna, you're gonna sit here in my fucking condo. I gotta take time out of my fucking day. Uh, you know, I can replace you with any fucking local guy, but for some reason, I fucking book you. Dude, I gotta pick you up at the fucking bus stop, take you to this condo. Don't touch anything. You're gonna sleep on the couch. I don't wanna hear you fucking complain. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was like out of a shitty movie. And I'm like, I'm exhausted. <laughs> this is my first club. I'm like, God damn it. So then I get to... Uh, the condo, and then I ha- I worked with this guy. It was Don Friesen was the headliner. No, no, no. Uh, sorry, it's all blended together because there was several different times I was there. This time uh, it was uh, no, yeah, this time it was Don Friesen. Don Friesen, and then the feature. His name was like Jay Walker or something, but this guy was struggling, and he was having some weird problems with his son. He was probably about forty five, fifty, and and he was like an alcoholic. And I'm in the I'm in the condo. I can only sleep on the living room. 
uh, couch. He has a bedroom, yeah. but he won't go to it. And so <laughs> after the shows, he's hammered and he's pouring out his heart about his relationship with his son until like two or three in the morning every night, repeating the same. It's just a, it's a nightmare. I just want to go to sleep. You have, and then, yeah, you have nowhere to escape. I have nowhere to escape. I have nowhere right. to escape. So I have to wait until he decides he's done lecturing me uh, about whatever's going on in his personal life before I can fall asleep. And then I go to the dude, club. Dude, dude, dude. Fuck this fucking guy and his kid. Dude. <laughs> right. And then I go to the club and then like, I, Russ, I would work there later because I was desperate and needed, you know, just to get stage time. This guy was such an asshole. I remember one time I was there with John Novosad, a later time that he, he went by the hippie man, comic out of Denver. Mm -hmm. John has, John has a lazy eye. And just to show what kind of <laughs> dude Russ is, we walk over during the day to the club. I don't know, to say hi to Russ. I don't remember why before going to do something else. We're staying at the con at a different time. Russ looks John right in the eye and then he gets this puzzled look on his face and he literally says, dude, the fuck is wrong with your eye? You look like a fucking lizard. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it wasn't like, there was no humor. There was no rapport between the two. And then John just got sad. He's like a sensitive guy. And he just goes, God, Russ, that's a really mean thing to say to somebody. Dude, dude just, uh, you know, fucking threw me with your fucking eye. You wonky eye looking off to the side. Like he was, he's that guy. Another Have you ever seen a tear? Have you ever seen a tear <laughs> drop out of a lazy eye? It's so confusing because it throws off the parameters and you're like, oh, you're crying weird. But you don't want to say that because they're already sad, you know? <laughs> that would have been Russ. Dude, why can't your fucking tears work right? You got a fucking slow tear on the one side, dude. <laughs> he would have no empathy. <laughs> Another time when I worked for him, David Tesro. I don't think this guy even works anymore. He was out of Colorado too. And he happened to be at the Albuquerque Laughs location that was on like San Mateo Drive. I guess there was an older location before. And it was the first sellout they had in that club. And Dave was just happy to be a part of it. He wasn't claiming to have sold the room out. He wasn't asking for a pay bump, nothing. Russ hears about him saying like, oh man, a sold out show, that's so cool. He brings the staff before the show uh, out to the lobby so they can watch the show and then tears this guy apart before his own show, dude, you fucking think uh, you fucking sold out my club? I fucking sold out my club. Do fucking marketing, dude, you piece of shit. You think everybody's here to see you? No one's here to fucking see you. You just go up and do your little fucking song. And like, he was a psychopath. He would pay you at the end of the week with the gun on the desk. And, like, make sure oh. you saw it. Yeah. Yep. What is it with fucking club owners in this industry doing Why? that? Like, if, if I actually thought you were a tough human man... You wouldn't be right. in the chuckle business, you fucking limp cock. <laughs> Get your gun out of here. Yep. And ima oh. Imagine the sort of any dick it takes to cut a guy down on a sold-out show. Exactly. Exactly. He was just yeah, heartless. Now, now get out there and have some fun. <laughs> right. This is, right. You did, you did nothing right, you piece of shit. <laughs> now get up there and, and, and entertain them. I mean, he it's so absurd. For Russ, would, oh my God. I, I actually... I actually learned about yeah. fly fishing. I've, I don't fly fish that much, especially yeah. not then. And I learned about tying flies and all this stuff. So as soon as he would pick me up from the airport yeah. or wherever, I would just start in with like, hey, man, did you see this new thing that they're doing? With the, and they would just shut him down immediately because that was the one uh, not black spot on his heart was fly fishing. And Funny. so I would, I would shut him down immediately.
I, I Until never, you get I out never... there and he actually, you see what he does to the fish when he catches them and you're like, oh. yeah. <laughs> He just takes out, he takes out a real small knife, like a leather punch <laughs> and just fucking slowly pokes the fish to death. <laughs> like he won't, he won't hit it in the head. He wants it to suffer first. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you think this you fucking, <laughs> dude, you think you fucking uh, got it easy? You fucking got caught by me? No, fuck you, motherfucking fish. I'll fucking punch so many holes. <laughs> You remind me of David Testro. You think you fucking sold out my show, Trout? Uh, yeah, maniac, uh, and also a terrible comic. And he would do this thing. Where he would guest set at his own club, oh, and then it. and then and then go to the back of the room and talk about how he did a better job than the headliner. And he and he would do. I remember one of his. He had the hackiest bits. He had some bit that I saw other comics also do doing one nighters. It was something about like this uh this uh dude, this uh this chick I'm with, she had a she had a lot of big bush. She had a big bush, like a like a 1970s bush, like uh like you kick it and a couple pheasants fly out. Like that was his punchline. <laughs> like this shitty Rodney Dangerfield situation. Like her so bush my... gets her bush gets no respect. Like that was his bit. <laughs> right, right. That would be funny. That he wouldn't think to take it there. He went to go, her bush, she gets no respect. You know what I'm saying? He uh, actually tightens his tie up against his nutsack. <laughs> <laughs> he actually would be worried about her bush not respecting him, I'm sure. <laughs> you think you filled up this pussy? You think you did that? <laughs> oh, Cyrus, it's good to have you back, you oh, piece of shit. Oh, God. Yes, exactly. Oh, boy, oh, boy. <laughs> that one's going to that one's gonna get me later tonight. It really is. I'm gonna think about that one. You think you think Ooh. you filled this puss up, Bush? I fucking filled. I sold this. I sold this puss out, dude. Uh. Oh, I'm sweating from that one. I mean, not that that's that hard to get me to sweat. <laughs> so that's week. So that's week one. Is that this craziness with Russ? So then I go take a short little bus ride to uh, to Tucson, and I work uh, with Jason Russell. A uh, funny guy, he's out of Milwaukee at the time. I think he's in Texas now. And then Todd Pesic is the feature. And then we actually have a pretty fun week. They're cool guys to hang out with. Uh, that week was the first time I, I saw a woman uh, just randomly flash her pussy for whoever wanted to see it in a bar. <laughs> so that, that was interesting. I just look over. I was having a drink, and she just, like, lifted her skirt. And some guy's like, oh, all right, okay, looks good. <laughs> I was like, all right, that's, that's new. Um Tucson, where we bring the strip club to you. Right, right. So that's so Tucson's okay. Then it would get so much worse. Then I would have to take a 48-hour roughly bus uh, bus trip that would change buses in Omaha, but it would go all the way to Grand Forks, North Dakota. And I didn't know it was possible to lose your luggage on a bus. And it is. <laughs> uh, they didn't transfer my fucking suitcase the right way in Omaha. It was, like, stored under the bus. So... This crazy long, yeah, 48 hours straight. I make it to Grand Forks, and it's a, it's like a blizzard. There's so much. So it's very cold. My coat, because I'm coming from Tucson. My coat, everything is in my suitcase. So I show oh, up with wow. clothes I've been wearing for two straight days on a bus, nothing for the cold. And Chris Lingren, this was in the last days of, like, the comedy gallery, I think. He couldn't have given less of a shit about my predicament. Uh, sure. he, he puts me in the Westward Ho, and this was long after, after, it was after the flood. There's no club in it anymore. Like the little club was someplace downtown. And I think mm -hmm. I was like literally the only person staying there. He, he told me like most of it had been condemned from like flood damage. Uh, <laughs> there was a Chinese buffet <laughs> across the street, which I'm sure you know. 
I, I go there to eat right after I get in. I have no clothes, nothing. I get food poisoning the first meal I get. <laughs> so now I have diarrhea. I'm throwing up. <laughs> I'm dry heaving in the parking lot from the smell of the sugar beet death factory, like two yeah. fucking blocks away. I love that you think it's food poisoning when it was actually just the black mold oh in my your hotel room. Yeah, it was. It, yeah, it was. It was like the saddest, like cartoonishly sad. And then nobody is showing up. I was working for Thea Vidal. Um, she was not fun to work with. Uh, she would just complain about everything in her life before the show and then sit on a chair and complain about everything in her life during the show. <laughs> and, and then no one's there for the shows. The shows aren't going well. And my, my, my suitcase didn't show up for like, I want to say a day and a half. So then I have to wear, you know, that same clothes there. And then when I do get my suitcase, I get a call from the Greyhound station. Uh, Chris won't even give me a ride there. I walk through the snow to the Greyhound station. This is before Uber. Get my luggage. And it's not, a, it's not wheeled luggage. You know, then I drag this big cheap suitcase back through the snow. Someone takes pity on me. Some dude in a truck pulls over, picks me up, drives me back down to the West Row. I think he's taking pity on me. Then I get ready to get out. And he's like, well, you're not going to even pay me. And I'm like, what? And he's like, well, I fucking drove you, dude. So I'm like, oh so my that, God. yeah. So then I'm like, I'm just so sad at this point. I'm like, all right. I give him like five bucks and just drag my suitcase back to the room. <laughs> and it was just that, that was the point where I was like, what am I doing with my life? Like I was like 24 years old. My friends from college, they've gotten like corporate jobs and I'm just um, still, <laughs> still sick in this hotel room with the Westward Ho uh, eating eating shit on stage for the most part and just like, why, why am I doing this? And I still have to take a Greyhound ride all the way back uh, to Spokane after that weekend. That, that was the closest I've come just to stopping doing comedy. It's, I don't know why it sounds fun. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't know why you didn't just rent a car with all that money you were making, but it's like, whatever. <laughs> oh, those, those early days. Sometimes I look back and I'm like, I can't believe I stuck with it. And people and people go, well, why did you do it? And it's like we had to. Right. It was, I mean, these these were the days where it's it's a make or break thing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you're ten years in, and people go, hey, why are you such a dick? And it's like because of <laughs> ten years ago. Right. I rem I'm still I'm still on high alert, right. waiting for. So you talked about Tucson. Yeah. When I was there with uh, Robert Duchesne. Oh yeah. The owner the owner of the club. The shows were earlier on Saturday. He wore sweatpants and a gross stained T-shirt Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Right. And then the bartender goes, hey, you guys, don't forget. He, like, called us over and okay. whispered to us. He goes, don't forget the show's an hour earlier tomorrow. What the owner was doing, we, we go in yeah. for show, and he's wearing a suit. And we're like, man, you look good. He was telling he was he wasn't telling the comedians about the time change of the Saturday show. Right. And then he would headline it in his suit with a you know the best night of the week. And then he right. would prorate, he would prorate your money because you weren't there. What? Yet. What? Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's so weird. Shit. Yeah. yeah. What a weird, just, shady little a, move. Well, I mean, they know they have us by the balls. They know right. that we have no union. We don't have any leg right. to stand on. And right. they're just like, I think I'm going to do the Saturday early show. You know, the one where everyone tapes their album. <laughs> and you can't. And the thing is, you can't take a stand because if you're like, you know what? Out of principle, yeah. I am not yeah. going to accept $25 for a show in Minot, Wisconsin, or uh, North Dakota. Yeah. And then some fucking dick nickel 
will go do it for 18. <laughs> like there's no principle. Yeah. And the thing that I think is crazy is like the runs that you guys did as MCs and features that eventually I did. I remember doing like all the runs through the Midwest and you'd go feature. Yeah. And I remember talking to Chad about this. I'd be like in, in, um, you know, Toledo or, uh, what the fuck Lansing. Those two clubs are the ones that always stick out to me that specifically did this. And I'm like, I got 350 this week to feature. And he goes, Oh, when I featured, it was 450. And then no shit. Right, yeah. Like eight years later, people were getting yeah. 250 to feature. Yeah, it's for. crazy. It's yeah, fucking yeah. Can I tell bonkers. you, can I tell you a story about Lansing? Yeah. So I go in and there's like, uh, is it about all, the guy who tried to suck my dick through the hotel door when I was staying there? What? Um, what, first of all, what kind of malleable dick do you have? <laughs> Where you can you bend like, it around put it corner? the keyhole. That's the, that should have that should have been the first sign that we were heading towards autoimmune disease. Like, si, I know you're healthy right now, but your dick slips through that door in a concerning way. <laughs> so there's there gonna there are gonna be people that have an issue with this story, but I don't care. So uh, there's there's a whole section of the club, yeah. And I'm gonna say maybe like seven to ten people are in wheelchairs, right? And I saw them come to the club, yeah. And so. The whole show, this guy is going, he's making that noise. Okay. However, I can see him. Then he turns to the person next to him and he's in a wheelchair. Yeah. He turns to the person next to him and he's talking to him. Right. So right. he's acting like this to make everyone uncomfortable, uh, but it's not, he's just acting. It's right. fake. Yeah. 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 So, uh. so I went on stage and I just said, he did it to me and I yeah. go, listen, man, uh, I know the shit you're trying to pull right now. I go, I followed your van. And I thought maybe it was the A team, but then you guys got out, and clearly it's the B team. Oh and so God. now the the crowd is like, boo, you <laughs> son of a bitch. Right, out, out the gate you're doing that. Yeah. 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 And he goes, Ugh. and I go, I fucking know where a hill is. I'm bringing you there after the show, and I'm just letting you go. <laughs> and so I get off stage, and the Building owner rapport, is, classic. <laughs> the owner is furious. He's oh, like, you're yeah. fired. I'm yeah. not even paying you for this show. Go ahead and try to get the money, you piece of shit. And then uh, I still end up selling CDs after the show. <laughs> And this whole group <sighs> is is in line to buy CDs, and they're like, "Thank you." That was the most refreshing thing. Everybody just always looks at us and like yeah. has pity on us. Right? And he goes, "That was so much fun." The guy that was making the noise. Yeah, yeah. And so then I go, "Well, I got fired." I go, "I don't care." I kind of I just got yelled at, and I don't like the guy. Yeah. And then they wheeled over and got me my job back for the weekend. Oh my god, that's awesome! It, it was unreal. That's awesome. I know that's yes. such a weird thing when people do that. What do they call it now? Like virtue signaling or whatever. But like uh, when there's somebody there who, you know, has some kind of physical disability or whatever. And then if you sure. joke about that, often they will laugh. But then everybody around them is like, I don't know. And it's like, stop fucking doing that. Yeah. Like, I know you didn't ask for help, but here we are. <laughs> right. Right. It's one of those. Yeah. 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 It's like that's would be worse, I would think. Yeah. My favorite thing about this story, and I call this the Chad Daniels effect, and it, I mean it as a high-end compliment. <laughs> yeah. No chance, but keep going. You are, <laughs> despite your many flaws, <sighs> a, a level of charming that yeah. is upsetting to anybody who's in a real relationship with you. You're so fucking charming. And so you'll tell this story on this podcast and there'll be just fucking scumbags who listen to our show who will be like, I knew I was right for making fun of that quadriplegic 
I fucking knew it because like he'll shit on me about my health and it's so funny and charming or other things. And then I'll get a message from somebody who genuinely likes me, genuinely likes our show, is just trying to do the same thing. And they're like, hey, I bet you're going to be fucking dead soon. You fucking moron. And that's the whole message. (laughs) Is it Russ Rivas? (laughs) Dude, 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 I bet you're going to be fucking dead pretty soon, dude. I, I don't have a lot of characters. I can't escape. It's, it's hillbilly or nothing. But yeah, so I that's that's the disclaimer that sir. The one part about that story is, despite getting fired, I bet it was wildly charming to at least eight people in the audience. I, I feel like Chad had to develop that charm, like a, a survival mechanism, because of the the hate he will unleash on audiences, yeah, like yeah. Uh, over slight small provocations, and then he's learned this. To ha- still have a killer show after just fucking destroying the audience, is w- is, which is one of my favorite things about watching Chad shows. I remember that happened, the, well, the first weekend I met him at his own taping. I probably talked about this with Chad before, so you're probably sick of hearing this. But I love that he stopped his show. And, you know, like for those old Comedy Central tapings, they would, uh, uh, at Times Square, they would just give out like free tickets to fill this theater over and over again for all of us. And we all knew it. And sometimes they weren't like the most responsive crowds. And most of us would just be like, well, fuck, whatever. You know, hopefully they add something in post or whatever. Yeah, hopefully yeah. we get lucky. <laughs> Fix it. Uh, Chad, Chad, they were fine. They were fine. But they weren't like they weren't giving him the response he was used to getting in, in a club. And instead of just soldiering forward, he just stops the show. And he goes, hey, guys, uh, I realize you just got free tickets on Times Square and that you're just in town for the weekend and could give a fuck about my show. This actually matters to me. So how about you fucking act like this is important and put your goddamn hands together when you like a fucking joke? <laughs> and it, was, it was like I was in the back going, whoa, I didn't know you could do that. But then sure enough, he, he flashed his little smile and uh, and then said a little joke. And then they then they were the best behaved crowd of the uh, weekend for the rest of that. It's like it's like they didn't want to make dad mad again. They're like, oh, we love we love you. We, yeah, sorry. We love you. <laughs> I've said that before on this show. That's what the pandemic robbed us of in the short uh, term. We will get there real soon here. But yeah. Chad was, Chad, more than deservedly so. The crowds were getting bigger and the rooms were getting larger yeah. and they were his fans. And right. I, I, as a lover of him as a human and a comedian, was looking forward to how he was going to convince the people that loved him that they actually hated him. Right, right. Um, yeah. my, my my first manager, Alex Murray. Oh God, he told me once. He said, "When people do start coming to see you, we're yeah. gonna have to pay twenty people that that don't like you to come to the show just so you'll have something to bitch about." <laughs> Ridiculous. Ah, I love it. Hey, so. On, I'm looking at your list. Dude, yes. There's a name popping right off this list. I love him. It's Jason Russell. Yeah. Oh, yes. Jason Russell. That's right. The, the, yes. I've, yeah. I've worked with him so many times, and I absolutely adore him. I think he's so fantastic. Yep. And um, Bonnie, dude, really good guy. And, and yeah, I, I mean, I, I've worked with him just a ton of places. He actually, so just to like wrap all these things together, he yeah. actually – was working in Milwaukee, another club where they had a gun on the desk. Right, that's where he you. lived yeah. for a long time, yeah. Yeah, and they ended up, he and I are the only two people that were ever duct taped to one of the pillars in there because we, we called them out for being wannabe gangsters. 
And uh, yeah, I I don't I wasn't there for him. I was obviously there for me. <laughs> took some took some kidney shots. What? And then, uh, but that's that's. Uh, I like how they you're phys- setting they up. They physically. Yeah, you're setting up Dan's story, which we both can't wait for, and really jump just cliff noting. Just an amazing story. Oh yeah, this is a better oh. story. This is a better because my no 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 because my thing I'll, with Jason Russell. Story. You you. I just you forgot. I just forgot to to share what this this bit he would do uh, in Tucson. But but this is crazy that they physically, what they just like overpowered you with a couple of them and then taped you. Well, I mean, you kind of like so so. Here's what I thought. Right there, you, you you get to know people once you're on the road for a while. Yeah, and you're just like, this is what they need. Right. It's like this fake. Oh my God! Um, you know, like entry to some kind of gang or whatever, right? Right, so they, right. Like they're you jumping you in. Let them duct tape you, and there's no way they were going full on out on the on this stuff, right? Yeah. It was just like everyone was laughing, and they'd come by okay. and kind okay. of jab you. Nothing like full swing or anything. But still, um, that's insane. I know. I end. I've ended up having. Uh, there are so many people that I love. I actually adored everyone at the club, but there was one guy in particular that would always rub me the wrong way. And yeah. one time, just kiddingly, he was showing me his gun and his in his waistband the whole weekend. Yeah. And then he put he put it to my leg. Oh my God. And then and then he put it kind of up towards me and I pushed it away. And then I just grabbed him and choked slammed him through the bathroom door. Yeah. Because I'm like I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Right. We're talking about this you're, accidentally going off. Right. You're pointing a fucking gun at me. You psycho. Yeah. I just I I lost my mind that time. All the other shit was fun God. and goofy, and I knew what it was about because once once I was around the pillar with my hands taped on the other side, and they'd yeah. come by and they were like, you know, s- screaming at me. But you're like, all right, I'll just take this as like the join the club situation. Right. And then I have had the best relationship with the Milwaukee staff. Since wow. then, throughout wow. the years, I mean, I still see there's a guy, Chris, um, love him to death, you know, yeah. Sue. I just, I see all these people still from that club. Um, I've gone to weddings from the staff. I mean, so it was one of those things I think you needed to do. But yeah. Jason Russell, I heard this is through the grapevine, but he yeah. was really like, oh, you want to be gangster pieces of shit? You think you're tough? And then, they wrapped him around and he kept going. And so oh, I think he had it a little worse than I did. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, you know, I, I didn't see this with Jason, but I know he got, um, a, a dude fought him on stage once over the, yes. over the bit that I saw. Did you ever see him do his peaches closer? Absolutely. Okay. Okay. So that was another so thing funny. when I was in Tucson, as far as like, what, I didn't know you could do that. You know, he, he would do this closer that I just remember it was so compelling to watch because you were waiting for him to maybe get beat up. Where he would, <laughs> he would find a guy from the audience who had long hair, and he would he would he would be this uh, hairstylist. He'd call himself Peaches, and he had all this Aquanet. He would get them to sit down on a chair. What, what I, you would also yeah, he would look for a guy from the crowd that looked oh, like his like his dad Hennens had instilled in him since day one. There will be nothing feminine about you. Yes, ever. right. Yeah. Very macho. Yeah, he would yes. specifically look for like a bigger dude. And he, yeah, and he would get that guy uh, to sit in the chair, and then he would just, as he's talking, doing this character, tease up their hair with this brush and keep spraying <laughs> it. It was so much Aquanet, so much hairspray, and then they would just have this crazy, like, uh, what's that, Young Einstein, like, whatever that— uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yahoo Serious or whatever, like, the hair going, like, straight up. 
It was a rat's nest. It was absolutely. insane. And then he, and then the show would be over, and they would just have to go on with their life like that. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess, yeah, one time on at least one occasion, one dude was like, what have you done to me? And then just and, and then his show just ended with that guy like swinging on him on stage. And I don't think the audience could really blame him. Like he didn't know what he was getting into. God, I, I think that had to have happened more than once because Jason yes. has a mouth on him or he yes. did. I haven't yes. seen him in a long time, but had a mouth on him and he would really rile guys up. It was right. so fun to watch. Yeah, he was fantastic. I stayed I slept on his couch in Milwaukee uh once passing too. But yeah, I haven't seen him in years. Good dude. Good dude. <laughs> um so I'm reading again and you uh you've had a ton of jobs outside of just straight stand up, right? Yeah, yes. Like, you know, back before stand up and then like some production jobs during stand up. And, and then and here's here's what I know about stand-up comedians. Yeah. When when they don't have a boss for a long time, right? And then they do get a boss for yeah. like a day job, it yeah. never goes great. <laughs> right, right. I well, there's there's several jobs I can't believe I wasn't uh fired from. Um there well, the first real job I had working at this grocery store in high school. I stole from them like it was a religion. Like I stole from them literally every day I worked there. <laughs> and, and, and I would take and I would take like food, I would take beer, I would take shit off the shelves. And uh, <laughs> and then can, cannot believe I didn't, and I think then they knew I was doing it, but they could never prove it. I would take, you know, porn mags, Playboy magazines, whatever. And then the time I can't believe I got fired, uh, I, my little system, was I would take these things when I was doing freight. Like in the morning is when I would usually steal the most stuff. Like Tuesdays and Thursdays. <laughs> you would come in before there's school. Like, there's like a heist mentality to this. Yes. So from 10 to noon is when I steal the most. Right. It was, I would go in before school Tuesdays and Thursdays and I would unload freight uh, onto the shelves. And then you'd have these empty boxes. So, you know, you're carrying these boxes on little like dollies out to the, out to the uh, aisles. And then you would take the whatever was in the box, you know, put it on the shelf and then take the empty boxes and put them out by the dumpster. Well, I would just take some stuff out of the boxes and then I would put some other shit that I wanted back into the box. And then I would just take the box and drop it by the dumpster. And then at lunch, I would just throw those boxes in my truck and I would just have some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then one day when I did that, I go to get my stuff at lunch and it was gone. And I was like, oh shit. And it was such a small town in Riggins that it turns out like some uh, some local these these uh, this family the Damons they had grabbed some boxes one of their kids was moving, and then it was this whole like small town thing where like Lynette Damon, who was uh, just graduated high school she found the boxes she knew I worked there, um, I had heard that she found the boxes so then I called her so basically I now I'm admitting that I did put stuff in these boxes I had like and I had like cassette tapes I think I had like Temple of the Dog. And some other cassettes in there. I'm going hungry. Right. <laughs> yep. Her little sister had liked me. I had broken up with her little sister. And so she didn't like me because of that. And so then she calls the store and just rats me out. And just says, that, hey, found this stuff. He admitted it, everything. So then I have to wow. lie to the, uh, well, I don't have to. I did. I lied to the uh, manager of the store, John. <laughs> and uh, he knew I did it. But my mom also, I was such a piece of shit. My mom worked at the store. She had gotten me the job. So he doesn't fire me because he doesn't want to upset my mom. But he knows I did it. And then I'm such a dick. A few months later, I was done with that job. And I move on. And, and I never liked him after that. Because he lectured me for accusing me of stealing stuff, which I did do. And that's why I didn't like him. 
And then I did. The, hey, how dare you call me on my shit, right. you punk? How dare yeah. you call me out on the thing I actually did? Yeah, of course. And so my little leaving revenge over he he didn't deserve revenge. I was such an asshole. I actually went down to the basement. I got a paper plate. I drew. I was a pretty good doodler. I drew a picture of him on his face, like his face, his torso, and then I literally took my pants down and shit on the plate. <laughs> and then I took the plate of shit and I hid it in his office where I knew it would take him a long time to find. <laughs> that was that was my. I was such an asshole. That was my goodbye. Uh, Anyways, so Russ Rivas is a psychopath, huh? <laughs> um, oh, yeah, and then it, <laughs> and that was a long time ago, so you can be like, oh, whatever, I was in high school. I have to ask, though, yeah. I have to ask, Cy, do you have anything you'd like to come clean on? Oh. About uh, people shitting or getting fired? No, I or? think just I think just anything that, like, <laughs> you know, stealing or anything like that. I sure don't. If you don't... You don't? Oh, you don't want to come okay. clean? Oh, now here's the th here's here's what I can't tell. I can't tell if you're dragging me into a bit and then you're going to pull the rug out from underneath me. Absolutely not. I'm just I'm going to tell a story, but I wanted to give you a chance to get in so all three of us could go to jail depending on um, <laughs> statute, if statute of limitations, limitations yeah. is up. Yeah, right. I'm the biggest pile of shit on the earth. I defrauded Olive Garden and every other chain restaurant you could possibly imagine for the four years I've well let's be honest six years I was in college I would just write them fake complaint letters I think I've told this on the show haven't I Chad what I don't think so oh you can just write now write Olive Garden a letter now an email because it's today and be like hey my pasta was bad and my waiter Terry was a dick and they'll just send you $50 worth of gift cards <laughs> You did and that if, for six years? I mean, I mean, yeah, let's say six. <laughs> Hold on. You're saying you're the biggest piece of shit? Did you not hear the box switcheroo heist that Cummins just explained? <laughs> I understand, but do you, do you know how many chain restaurants there are? Oh, I sure do. <laughs> I love that you're, you still have some gift cards because they never expire. So Brooks Robinson, who we all love, told me about that. And then I was like, oh, no. on my own time, I was like, I'll try it. And it was like, oh, so this is what heroin is like. I just, I had, it was so much. So how are you living on $250 a week as a road feature? Well, I'm living pretty fucking good as my, yeah. my suitcase is just filled with gift cards. But so yeah, many breadsticks. So much never ending possibles. That's, 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 that's the one I will leak out. Um, but yeah, no, we're, I, I don't think anyone here is going to be like, we're a bunch of awesome dudes. <laughs> oh, there's, there's no, when I was, when I was younger, I worked at a clothing store that was going out of business. And so again, I had a really nice wardrobe that I did not pay for. Uh, <laughs> right. St I still have one of the Columbia jackets Ooh. and, uh, and also when people would come in and I saw them rummaging through their wallet with cash. Yeah, I would type everything up on uh, on like a calculator that had a receipt. Okay. So they would have something, and then I would just initial it. Oh. And then I would say, "Here's your receipt," but you do know it's going out of business. All sales are final. And then I would type everything into wow. the the cash register and yeah. hit no sale. Yep. And then I would just put the money in the cash register, and then at the end when I'd bring it back, whatever to the back to count it, I would I would. You know, whatever, whatever someone bought, you know, it was like 40 bucks here, 40 bucks there, but still yeah. 
you know, listen, everybody makes mistakes. My son listens to this podcast. L- you know, learn from your father. Right. Being an idiot. Right. I know. I, I, my kids. And um, start I, writing fucking letters to Olive Garden. Man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm so glad my kids, I, they seem to be better than I was uh, as, as a human, as a kid. Maybe better than me now. Um, but like, just like the shock on their faces when I tell these stories, like this actually just came up last night. We were at the dinner table. And I mentioned something about stealing, and Kyler was like, "Wait, what?" He's like, "You stole stuff," and I was like, "Oh yeah." And he was like, "He was like, he, he was like, what stuff?" And I was like, "Everything." And he was like, "For how long?" I was like, "I don't know, three years." And he was like, "What?" And I'm and yeah. I'm like, "Oh yeah, I'm like on two Christmases, everybody's gifts they got from me, none of those were paid for. I would steal people's <laughs> gifts." <laughs> and he was just like, "Who is my dad? Who am I being raised by?" Like he was so just shocked and disappointed. You know the the birthday we're celebrating? You know how his dad made 10 big rules? Well, I broke one of them to get you all these presents. <laughs> it's like one of those things. And and I would like to blame or you know as I got older, I I stopped stealing by the end of high school, but I definitely didn't stop being a psycho. And uh we were talking about like jobs earlier and like you know it's hard especially once you start comedy to go into a job and uh behave by the rules. I, as I would get older, I was like, okay, well, most of that stuff's behind me. Hopefully I'm more mature now, blah, blah, blah. But then when something would go wrong, I was like, nope, go back to the same psychopath. And when I was working at Playboy, I had a two-year contract to do this morning show of theirs. And halfway through, they switched the show. So I did, I did the show one year. And then they weren't doing that show anymore. They were going to do a different show. And I felt like that was not what I signed up for. But they, sure. would, they wouldn't let me out of the contract. And so my agent was just like, just fulfill it. It's fine. And it was really easy. But to me, it was like, yeah, but this isn't what I want to do. This isn't what I signed up for. So my way to try to get out of this, and I cannot believe I didn't get in trouble for this and they didn't call me for this. And this was just, you know, not that many years ago. I turned, you know, we had our show where we'd host, but we'd have to come in and prep the show, stay around afterwards for a few prep things. So I had like a little desk in this cubicle area. And I turned my desk into what looked like a satanic altar. Um where I got, we had these doll props and I got all these dolls and I blacked out their eyes or I tore their eyes out and I arranged (laughs) them in this thing and I got candles and I got some big pentagrams and I put all that so it looked like very satanic. (laughs) (laughs) And then this is the part I can't believe I didn't get in trouble for. I downloaded a picture off the internet of my boss who ran the company and I scratched her fucking eyes out in the photo and then put that at the top of the satanic altar. And my plan, Jesus yeah, yeah. My, yeah, my plan was if they were going to call me on it, I was going to claim religious persecution. And then, <laughs> <laughs> How long ago is this, by the way? Oh, this is like five years ago. <laughs> because I, the, the fact that you said I printed her picture, I'm just like, oh, no. <laughs> and that thing sat on my desk for months and it was never addressed. What in I, the fuck? I legitimately think they were afraid to talk to me about it. <laughs> <laughs> you just take out a little potion and shake it at them in a vial. Oh, like, right. You might want to back up. I can't, I can't believe looking back, it's like, thank God there's comedy and podcasting. I just think about all the mo- – I was so lucky in so many moments in my life. Like I, I've thought about this. Same. Yeah, from like college – if my kid, oh my God, if my, they would be in so much trouble if they did what I did in college today or like in a couple yeah. years. Yeah. I mean, as a joke, quote unquote, for a good solid semester, when I would get drunk, which was a good three times a week, uh, I would come back to my dorm room and I, my the wall of my dorm room, one of the walls was shared with the residence hall, uh, RA, the residence hall advisor, I guess, on, on the floor. Sure. 
Sure. Super, super nice guy named Phil. He was such a nice guy. Uh, There's no reason for me to do this. I thought it was funny to pound on our wall. This is, you know, like one, two in the morning and just scream, I'm going to kill you, Phil. And, <laughs> and he never brought it up. He never brought it up to me again because I think he's probably scared. I was a fucking lunatic. Of course. And uh, and that, that same year, one of my friends got in trouble for something I did. I came home drunk, no surprise at that time, and I kicked in the front door of the residence hall, like the glass door, like broke the glass. Then I went and kicked in his door. Just like I would destroy property continually <laughs> and never get in trouble for it. And they thought he did it, this guy, Steve. So they he gets in trouble to like, uh, he gets called in for a meeting. So then my solution, uh, several nights after this happens, when I hear about him getting called in, I'm drunk again. And I think, hey, it'd be a good idea to call the residence hall director who thinks Steve did this, tell her that it's not Steve. And then if she won't leave Steve alone, I'm going to kill her. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Right. I actually what did that. What the fuck? I actually did that. So then they think he's doing this and he gets even more trouble. <laughs> <laughs> and I get nothing. I get nothing. Who who ran your college? The Fergus Falls High School? Cuz listen to this. Okay. Some kid got broken up with. Okay. Says in a class, "Well, maybe I'll just shoot the school up." Oh my and god. And all he had to do was talk to a school counselor. He didn't. Ha- he didn't get expelled. None of that shit. So guess what? Jesus. I have a fucking phone call to make when we're off the podcast, right? right. Because I just heard about this, and I'm not into it. That's right. Like, and you shouldn't be. I. I should have been. I should have been thrown out of college. And this kid should get in trouble. Absolutely should have been oh, thrown out of college. For sure, That's for crazy. Sure. I for mean, sure. listen. I remember you getting drunk. I think your brain just goes, well, this will be fun. Yeah. Because we were doing a college together, and you knocked on the door. Eric oh, Allen was with yeah. us. Yeah. You knocked on the my my uh, hotel room door. I opened it. You yeah. were naked, right in the hallway, and like little red riding hood with a basket <laughs> over your arm of the apples from the lobby, and, and you prob- just started, you just started chucking them at me. You and I bet I was bite. naked. I bet I was naked when I grabbed those from the lobby too. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question. I, guarantee I have it. a question. That's just I know yeah. that's what, when you started that oh thing. Like that Fergus Falls thing is yeah. right now. Right now. Right now, so when you when you started that, I thought you were talking wow. about like twenty years ago, at like when school shootings were new. That happened this week, and they're just like, "Oh, let's see what happens." No, no, that happened yesterday. Not expelled. I'm I'm That's calling them after the, after the show. Wow, I know. When when, <laughs> when just just to uh, wrap up my crazy stuff, the the apple and everything. When Lindsay heard about some of these stories, I remember when we first started dating, she was like annoyed that I wouldn't go out and get really drunk with her. She's like, "Why don't you ever want to get really drunk?" And uh, it's because <laughs> it's because I I know that the devil lives inside of me, and I have to actively work to like fucking keep him under control. You know now now it's like I can drink, but I have to like I I'm always I'm doing a lot of monitoring in my head of like okay keep sure. keep the crazy you know who you are you have a track record let's fucking not throw your life away. Yeah. Hey, how, hey Dan, why won't you go get really drunk with me? Oh, I don't know. Do you love the bottom of the ocean? That's why. Because I can, I can kill someone. I can hear the waves crashing right now, <laughs> and they're never gonna hear you scream. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Uh, but yeah, but no. When I get when I would get drunk, I would just to me it was always a joke. I'm like, yeah, but I'm joking around, and I would just yeah. forget that. Like, yeah, but nobody else is in on the joke. <laughs> like, they don't know that you're doing a character in your head. You're just crazy. <laughs> like, they're just scared. 
<laughs> hey, what character are you doing? Oh, he's doing Dan Cummins drunk. Well, that is him. That's not <laughs> even a character. That's just what he does. Oh, my God. Uh, there was there's an old roommate I have that, not surprisingly, we haven't stayed in touch because I terrorized him. But again, just like thinking I was being funny and looking back, not funny. I would kick in his door at night and I would just beat him up in his bed. And, th- and then the next day, I'd be like, 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 like nothing had happened. Like, I was like, ah, oh, come on, I was just joking around, Sean. And he's like, no, you just attacked me. I'm like, yeah, but we're just kind of, we're just having fun. I wasn't. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, he's so stupid. You, you sound exactly like Poe, my puppy. <laughs> when it's all, it's all of a sudden it's 1030, everybody's like, well, we're winding down. And he comes in from outside and it's like, I don't know if he found a box right. of heroin. Right. But he just, or a box of Coke, I should say, heroin will probably calm him down. <laughs> right. But yeah, just comes yeah. in and he's it's like, meth. who wants to fuck a pillow with me? Come on. <laughs> he's got all sorts of energy. Uh, my my senior, you, you remember the real yeah, world Puck. early on when there was Puck was this character. And it was like Puck, the first Puck, season. Controversial age. Puck, San right? Francisco, Puck. right? Yep. Yep. San Francisco. And, they, and yes. exactly, exactly. Yeah. With Pedro. Yeah. They had a, uh, they had like an intervention with him. I, I was that roommate minus <laughs> the AIDS comment senior year of college. They, my roommates, and they were friends of mine from school. They, they actually had an intervention with me about like, just cause I was so out of control. And they're just like, listen, <laughs> and this is how much of a dick I was. One of the things they talked about in the meeting was that like, I would just let the dishes pile up. I would never like keep anything clean. So after the meeting, I go to our whiteboard, which we'd use to communicate with each other. And I just drew a cartoon of me butt fucking another roommate as he did the dishes <laughs> and just said like something like, I don't fucking care. <laughs> like, like I was, I hate, I hate my old self. <laughs> now your first uh, marriage didn't work out, right? <laughs> right, right. It did not. After, after hearing Holy all these stories, shit. like no one is surprised. <laughs> uh, well, I laugh so hard because you know you and I have a very similar trajectory for our career. You yes. know, we both, both married uh, scientists. Both have two kids, boy and a yeah. girl. Both got live at Gotham. Yep. Both got the half hour right afterwards. Right. Both got accepted to the semifinals of Last Comic Standing. Both oh, yeah. Had a letter yeah. taken away. Right. Like we had a ton of shit. But so then many to things. find out you stole from your job in high school, I was just like, well, add it to the yep. add it to the list. Put it on the whiteboard right above Cummins butt fucking his roommate. <laughs> There's so many. I know we are so similar. I think that's, I don't know, maybe just, maybe I'm just a narcissist why I like to watch you on stage because, uh, when you, when you like, uh, say things like so many of the things you say, I'm like, oh yeah, that's what I would think about that. Or when you get angry at the audience, I'm like, yep. Uh, I, I would do that. And I've also gotten very angry at the audience. I, I, I act like this is a, a you thing. I had to really, <laughs> yeah. I had to really work on reining that in. Cause there was a couple of clubs that I didn't go back to. Cause I went off on audience members so hard for a while. I went to this weird phase of literally just wanting to fight them and, and, and would tell them that from stage. And then yep. I, I lost some bookings and stuff. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you gotta, yeah. you gotta rein it back in a little bit, buddy. I know, I know what it is for me. For me, it is, um, feeling, I mean, not always right now yeah. when I go after the crowd, it's in fun. Uh, right. Even if, even if, even if I'm spazzing, it's still yeah. supposed to be fun. They're supposed to be like, right. Oh, look at this little chubby man spazzing. You can see his tits bouncing. It's like that. <laughs> But uh, but before <laughs> it was legit spazzing, and uh, I yeah. know that it was it was I was embarrassed that something wasn't working that I thought was really good. Yeah, and that yeah, yeah. Became anger instantaneously, and so yep. I've worked. You know, I'm a big therapy guy. I've worked on that. Nice. Shit and calmed it down, and, and now That's... I realize 
I just recognize, oh, you're embarrassed. Well, if they yeah. don't like it, it's not working. So you need to fix it. Don't be embarrassed. Just right. everybody, everybody stumbles like all oh, that shit. So I mean, not to get all, you know, therapy, weepy, no. deepy no, at that's the good. end of this, but I'm just, I'm just saying it, it helped a ton because I would lose my shit. on. Oh that. yeah. My, mine was about respect. That's where I, I identified it. It was about like when somebody would be chatty, whatever, I would just feel disrespected and that and that would ignite like trigger yeah, just same, rage yeah. in me. So now yeah. I'd like now I will calmly handle it. Be like, hey, what are you doing? Talk to him. But I used to just do crazy stuff. Like I remember Vancouver. It was like the comedy mix, and these people oh, wouldn't shut up. And so I told him to yeah. shut up multiple times. These two ladies and this dude who was like with them, and this guy thought he was like hot shit or whatever. And then I just kept telling him to shut up. Kept telling him to shut up. They wouldn't. So and then I uh, got into it with one of them. And then the guy with them was like, hey, man, don't fucking talk to her that way, whatever. And I just pulled my chair that was on stage up to the edge of the stage. He was in the front row right by him. I'm like, what the fuck are you going to do? I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and then I just stopped the show. And it just became a weird, very tense, this <laughs> confrontation. And I think I actually said to him, I'm like, I'll beat the fuck out of you in front of this audience right now, right now. It's like, is that what you want? You fucking tough. But, but then, and then afterwards, I'm surprised that the manager's upset with me. And I'm like, you're mentally ill. Yeah. You're, you're mentally ill and you got to like work on this. <laughs> Dude, they had a bouncer there that uh, there's a, it was rumored. The club is closed now, but oh, it was in Winnipeg. He's, no oh, bouncer rumors. in. Got it, got it, got it. Oh, no, it, it was rumored. Got it, got that it. That the bouncer in Vancouver uh, he was half Japanese, half German, uh -huh. and so he was like, he, you know, he was like, uh, that's that's two of the axes of evil, right? And, uh, and he went in. The rumor was some guy wouldn't shut up. He leaned in to whisper. The guy said something back to him. Then he whispered again, and the guy's face went white because what? he bit off a chunk of his earlobe. What? This dude, Whoa. I'm telling you, and and he was such a gentle giant because he was always so nice to me and just always was laughing. But when somebody disrespected the club or Whoa. especially a female server, this dude would just pull you out of your seat, a couple of thumps in the hallway and put you back in like that's your warning. Wow. I that, know. So that, fantastic. I know. I know for. uh Oh, my God. I think I've told this somewhere. But I don't think I've told it with you. Just just really quick. I know we've done so many stories already. But the craziest, you will like this, chat. if you haven't heard this already. Did I tell you about the guy who got um, beat up after the show in Kansas City when I was at Sanford's once? Uh-uh. Oh, my uh -uh. God. This is my favorite heckler thing. Uh, this guy, okay, this club doesn't exist anymore. And it was ran by Craig Glazer, who was, he was a crazy dude. I don't know if you ever worked for Craig. He was like big cokehead, nutty dude I, in Kansas I, yeah, City. I worked there one time and then I was like, well, this is, this is, crazy. it was insane. <laughs> it was insane. Like him, him, when he was like in his fifties, him and one of his brothers would literally get in fist fights in the bar while the show was going on. Like they were crazy. Yeah. The people running the show. And, uh, and then, so this one show was like a good, it was like Saturday night, early show, you know, it was a nice group. There was, uh, the, the MCs on stage and this guy in the front and the MC was really funny. I can't remember her name. I didn't see her after that, but really funny, clever joke writer, and but kind of uh, laid back, not confrontational. And there was this guy in the VIP section of the front who was giving her shit, like really giving her shit, like like that ah, sucks. You're not funny, just like yelling at her. And no one was doing anything about it. So I went to the bar where Craig was. And I'm like, hey, this guy is ruining the show. Can you have the manager talk to uh, this guy? They don't. Yeah. They don't talk to him. He's, he doesn't care. He's doing something else. Then the feature comes out. 
Same thing. This guy interrupts his show over and over and over. This big ten gallon hat got his got his feet kicked up on a uh, on the you know chair Yuck. or something like that. That guy just um, arm around his lady, and I'm like, please get rid of this guy, or I am going to snap when I go out on stage. Nobody does anything, so then I do snap. Before I even said a joke, <laughs> the first thing I said, I just walk out on stage and I'm like, hey dude, shut the fuck up. Like that was my first. That was my opening yeah. welcome. Well, here here I am in the show. And he was like, he was shocked. He's like, what? I'm like, yeah, I've been listening to you run your fucking mouth for 45 minutes, ruining the show, thinking you're big shit. You're not, man. Shut the fuck up. No one came here to see you. And then, so then, then him and I get into it. Uh, some <laughs> threats are thrown around. Uh, I went a little crazy. <laughs> and, then, and then the manager does eventually escort him out. He leaves the show. I have to like him and his lady. I have to kind of like joke around about how I'm crazy to, to make the show work somewhat. Cause I went at him pretty hard after the show. I'm selling merch in the lobby and these two Hells Angel, like right out of like Sons of Anarchy looking dudes Ooh. come up and I'm like, I'm scared. Like, I'm like, oh my God, these are his sure. friends. And now I'm going yep. to get destroyed in the lobby. The one guy shows me his fist. He has blood on it. And he was like, hey man, I swear to God, he goes, I took care of it. And I was like, wait, what? Oh uh, shit. This guy was the father of the MC. He was furious He's watching that whole thing go down. Oh, my God. He's so angry. He's in the back. He doesn't want to disturb it. You know, it's his daughter's show. He stays in the back. When that guy got tossed out, it was this big entertainment complex, the Legends Complex in, like, Independence, Kansas, I think is where it was. And then that guy, uh, I hear afterwards, his the girl he was with, it was a first date. She leaves him immediately. So he, he loses sure. his date. He goes downstairs. He's having a cigarette out in front of this bar. That guy follows him down to the bar, lights up. And he's like, Jesus. hey, hey, weren't you just in that comedy show? And that guy starts to go, yeah, but they threw me out. You know, blah. That guy, he said, he goes, I punched him twice. He goes, I punched him once, not, bounced his head off the wall, punched him again. And he was unconscious. And then he just came up and watched the rest of the show. And I just, <laughs> Jesus Christ. And I just love the trajectory <laughs> of that guy's night. He went from first date, I'm the big man, VIP, going to run my mouth during the comedy show, and then uh, get yelled at, get physically escorted out of the show, girl leaves, walk downstairs, light up cigarette, get knocked unconscious. And I'm like, if they oh, could fucking- Oh, lights out. Oh, if they could edit that into a little vignette to play before <laughs> comedy shows, to let hecklers know what could happen to them. It would be fantastic. <laughs> I look at all the lonely people. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. That would be a great song for that, where he's just laying in the street <laughs> unconscious. <laughs> oh, that's great. Holy shit. Yeah. Hey, uh, but before we get going, <sighs> um, I'd like to, uh, all of us, maybe join in on a little Triple M. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah. Just for the middle of time suck, but uh, I'll get it going here. Because, baby, there ain't no mountain high enough. Ain't no Listen here, dude. I sing this song enough. so much fucking better than that. <laughs> Sai's been mentally working on the Russ Rivas for the last 30 minutes. Just come on. Dude. Dude. Uh, dude is there the anybody? Fuck? I love it. Is there anybody who just waits in a corner to attack you better than Amundsen? It's awesome. He's been pacing around the room, just like waiting for us to take a breath and then just go, dude, you fucking suck at singing, dude. <laughs> oh my God. It's funny. Hey, Dan, I can't, I can't thank you enough. I know the thank fans you guys. are uh, thrilled that you were on. I, I know that they're, th this is like the trifecta for them, right? It's like, I didn't do moose in the morning 
and Sai <laughs> is back, and we have Cummins on as a guest, and this is this is a, a winner for everybody. So, it's, it's so fun. Uh, I can't. Re, yeah, really glad to have you. Thank you. I can't wait to tell everybody too, because you know, because basically, like everyone, like I, I don't know of anybody who likes my stand up who doesn't like your stand up and Sai's stand up. Like, there's a reason we're always paired together on Pandora and places. Sure. We have a yeah. uh, you know very very similar senses of humor, so they're gonna they're gonna be excited to check this out. I'm looking except, forward to except except for that. Thank you, holding the door bit that blew people's minds because oh right because we were on the opposite the complete opposite ends of the spectrum. That's the one. Yeah, I, that's the one place we've differed. I had people messaging me on Instagram and Facebook and everywhere with misspelled words. And I only imagine because they were <laughs> typing so quickly because they were pacing like, uh, around the room just like, hey, man, you, you, you and Dan are disagreeing on this, man. Is that like a right, pan right. bit or what's going on, dude? <laughs> yes, yes. I had I had yeah, people totally um, write me and be like, whoa, was, was he, was that a shot at you? Are you, are you guys, are you guys okay? Like are you guys, <laughs> no, we just, <laughs> we just disagree. We just disagree on that one thing. What if we did have a rapper East Coast West Coast beef over holding a door? I love over, the idea of that. So right much. over over who is in the wrong with holding the door too long? Yes, exactly. Love you, Dan. <laughs> I love you, Sai man. Hope you uh, hope you are keep continue to feel better, man. Hope the new uh, treatment. I'll try works. what I can. I love you, Chad. I gotta go. <laughs> hey, Sai, this is absolutely for real. When you said the. Dude, you think you filled up that pussy? I started flop sweating head to toe because my body just clinched. You know that um, thing that Bruce Lee used to use for his abs? Uh, he would just put a belt on and yeah. it would electroshock him into doing sit-ups. Oh. Mm -hmm. It felt like my whole body clenched like I was wearing one of those, and then I just started sweating. I think that's the funniest thing that's ever been said on this podcast. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I miss you. Hey, if you guys like this, uh, there will be a new episode next Monday and every single Monday at 8 a.m. So click the subscribe button so your phone sends it to you without having to do any work.